0: Get ready, because you're going to learn specific actions you can take today to help your business reach its full potential and leave a lasting impact on the world. Welcome to the Ecom Breakthrough Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Hadley, where I interview the top business leaders in e-commerce. Past guests include Kevin King, Michael E. Gerber, the author of The E-Myth, and Howard Ty. Today, I'm speaking with George Marissa, the CEO and founder of Clear Ads Digital Advertising Agency and we will be talking a lot about the best at DSP strategies that have caused massive growth in a number of Amazon businesses. This episode is brought to you by Ecom Breakthrough Consulting, where I help seven-figure companies grow to eight figures and beyond. Listen, George, I started my business back in 2015, and I grew it to an eight-figure brand in seven years, but I certainly made a lot of mistakes along the way that made the path of getting to eight figures take a lot longer than it really needed to. There were times where I had a lot of self-doubt, whether my brand could actually survive, whether I could manage the cash flow of the business properly. So any of our listeners that have run into similar stumbling blocks or similar plateaus and are looking for the next steps to overcome those, go to EcomBreakthrough.com, that's Ecom with two Ms, to learn more. And as a special bonus to my podcast listeners... This month, I'm giving away one $10,000 comprehensive business strategy audit session at no cost. All you need to do is email me at josh at ecombreakthrough.com. And in your subject line, say strategy audit and tell me why I should choose your business to work with for this month. And if you don't win this month, don't worry, you'll be entered to win for future months to come. But today, I am super excited to introduce you all to George Marissa. George has been in digital advertising since 2009. Working on a wide range of platforms, including Amazon, Google, Bing, LinkedIn, and Facebook paid advertising. Using these platforms, he has worked with hundreds of advertisers across the world in numerous industries and sectors to maximize their ROAS. His agency, Clear Ads, now focuses purely on Amazon PPC and DSP advertising, helping deliver the best results for his clients. So with that introduction, welcome to the show, George. Thank you so much for having
1: me, Josh. It's a pleasure.
0: George, we initially met up at Camp Ecom, Brandon Young's event, and uh, we immediately struck off a great conversation. And uh, I think both of us realized, like, all right, this dude's smart. Both of us were like, all right, we've got to stay in contact. And so, uh, you know, it's... Every time I've spoken with you, you've got some wicked smart strategies, and I'm really looking forward to uh, having you share those on the podcast today. So, George, why don't you give people just a brief overview of how you kind of got into this Amazon space? Because you've got, you know, lots of digital marketing experience, but yeah. why the shift into Amazon?
1: Right. So uh, we had, I had a colleague, Emily. She, she was working with me, and then she left to work for Google, and a year later – we still kept in contact. We actually are really good friends now. She actually went for an interview at Amazon and they shared their frustrations with her and said, look, there's no agencies taking PPC on Amazon seriously. No one. So she called me up and said, George, you need to get on this. And obviously I have a Google ads background and how to create content on websites. website. So I just said, hey, we're an Amazon ad agency. I'll put it on Google. The cost per click at the time was 20, 20, 20 to 30 P a click. Uh, we were getting an influx of traffic. And and then the first few leads we got in, I said, look, never done this before, but I know Google Ads very well. It's a far more seasoned platform. This will be very straightforward compared to that. Let's have a go in your account. Won't charge you anything for the first two months. I said that to the first company. We saw some tremendous results. Uh, We then migrated a ton of our clients from Google Ads to Amazon. And at the time, because the cost per click bids were so low, we were seeing three to four times better results. On Amazon than we were on Google, and then at that point we just went, you know, we need to just go all into this. So we went into Amazon PPC uh, hard. In, that six years ago, around six years ago, okay. At the time there weren't any agencies in the UK, there were probably one or two in the US, uh, but it was no no one was kind of established. Even at that point, taking metrics took us seriously. They started sending a lot of stuff to us to to use their tool, uh, to help them use their tool. So we were kind of heavily involved there, and then with the DSP. No, again, we got in very early. Someone kind of whispered, kind of those whispers about it. I was so intrigued. I spent two weeks messaging people on LinkedIn, an hour to two hours a day, saying, who can I speak to at Amazon that can get me DSP access? And then I got the same email. Funny enough, his name was Jeffrey, but he's left now. (laughs) Um, and, and, And he got us UK access, managed to find a way to get US access, but there was no learning center. There was no resources. There was nothing. So at that point, I was fortunate enough to have uh, two brands, two eight-figure brands, and they went, George, here's some money, spend it, test and figure it out. And I said, like, okay. So we had to go about create our own SOPs, figure out what's worked, tested, and saw where we got the results. And at that point, we actually just shared that SOP with some of the largest agencies, PPC agencies, uh, in the U- in the world, and mainly the US. Um, and they use it till this day. So I, when I see presentations at times, I'm like, mm, I know where you got that from. So um so we kind of established it so we got in pretty early and it's just been evolving um over the years now so that's not sure that's quite a (laughs) lot i
0: i love it that that's an amazing story what i love about that story though is like your amount of like dedication hustling grind right like it it doesn't this didn't wasn't handed over to you right you had to reach out to try to get dsp access you are, you know, you're willing to work with somebody for free for the first few months. Right. And just yeah. kind of prove yourself. I, I think there's a lot of lessons. I think we could spend the whole time just focused on your journey and the business principles that people could emulate as an entrepreneur starting up any business. But yeah, George, what I would love to dive into. And I think the main reason why people are going to get a lot of value from today's episode is that. For established brands that are already doing seven figures, in order yeah. to scale to eight figures and beyond, you've seen a lot of success with some DSP advertising strategies. Yeah, why don't you uh, share maybe a couple of what those strategies are, and then we'll go into each of them in depth and some of the case studies that you have for them.
1: Yeah, sure. So. Um, I think the, the best place to start is uh, just to kind of simplify it all. If, you, if you've got yourself the seven figures, there's already good uh, use cases for your product, right? They're, they're what Amazon call retail ready. People um, like your products. There's going to be some good reviews because people wouldn't be buying otherwise. So there's already traction. Now, let's just say 10 people click on your product. You might get a 30% conversion rate or 40% conversion rate, which is great. But what happens with the 60%? Those who don't purchase, those who don't go the, the, to the final step, it doesn't mean they're not interested. It just might be the wrong occasion. They, 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 might, they might have been on their mobile device and they probably wanted to get home and check it out later. So, but Our kids still interested because they've got yeah. three kids that are going to barge through the door at
0: any minute, just like here at my house.
1: Yeah, exactly. So there's so many different reasons. Now, that is money on the table. You know, you've spent all that effort to get your rankings up organically. You're, you're spending, well, I'm sure, a fortune on PPC to get the traffic there. So using remarketing, you could re-engage with that audience for Amazon's demand side platform. And you could do this with display ads too. Now, the difference between display ads and DSP, on the other hand, is with, with DSP, you can exclude anyone who's purchased your product or any similar products at a certain time frame. So it it, it increases the efficiency, Mm -hmm. right? Now, you can take it another step, and you can also exclude anyone who's looking at that product on the same day, right? Because one of the big issues with Amazon DSP is, you know, we don't get transparency from Amazon just yet on where those ads appear. So you Mm -hmm. can argue the fact, and I'm going to get into this later on, but you can argue the fact, okay, if an ad served on the page where someone was going to purchase anyway, is Amazon DSP recording that as a sale and taking responsibility for that, right? that's cannibalization and that's yeah. something you have to be aware of. So you can do that with DSP. You can put these extra layers in place okay. to ensure you get a maximum efficiency of DSP. So speak to anyone you're using. If you're using an agency to do DSP for you, ensure that they, they're done. Ensure, you know, not only excluding your product, you want to, you know, if someone's just bought a saucepan, right? They probably found the one they want. Yeah. They're not going to want to buy another one right so find every other source bin under the sun and exclude them as well create an audience for them and exclude them and that yeah. works really well so that's obviously been one of the best kind of performing um, um campaigns you can create one of the best uh, and that's a, a good a good place to start um one thing i'd also recommend to anyone is if your agency is using similar product views or product searches as an audience don't right this is amazon's way of trying to get more impressions and traffic um and you have no control you don't know what asins are in there and i'm sure all of you already know when you create auto campaigns when you create anything (laughs) automated by amazon right the crazy variations they put in that have nothing to do with your product you have to just bear that in mind so you need to take complete control when you're building this now that was our timing was perfect because when we got into dsp amazon just about allowed you to create your own audiences before it was already made audiences. So now we have the ability to do that. And with the rich data we have from DSP, rich first party data to, to, to kind of to add, right. It doesn't get any better than that. I think a lot of people, they focus too much on attribution. This isn't working. This isn't working well for us, but mm-hmm. when you're looking at the richness of the data, right, it is so underrated. It's unbelievable in the Amazon ecosystem is becoming more used. Outside of Amazon, is still unheard of, and it's barely kind of scratching the surface. I yeah,
0: yeah. No, I, I love that, um, George. I think you've provided a great summary. Um, one of the first quick actions, right, and tactics that you could leverage with DSP is something that is very, very common in regular e-commerce. If you own a Shopify site, one of the first ads that pe- any digital marketer would recommend that you turn on is abandoned cart advertising and remarketing, right? That's one of the first ads. With Amazon, we've got it all backwards. We all start with the, you know, the keyword level searches. Now, again, that, that helps because people are pretty far down that funnel when they're on Amazon and shopping there. So I think one action that a lot of our sellers can take is really start focusing and implementing some of these retargeting um, ad strategies if they're not currently doing that. But I want to kind of pull things back a little bit more, George. Um, I want to ask you the question, how does DSP and different strategies that you could use, but how does DSP advertising help a brand grow from seven to eight figures that you wouldn't normally be able to achieve in sponsored ads?
1: Right. Okay. So with, with pay-per-click advertising, uh, you, 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 you hit thresholds, right? There's only so much traffic you can get from a certain keyword that's relevant right? Which is, which is great. So there's only so much you can get. Now, you can move outside of those relevant keywords to keywords that are slightly less relevant, but then you're going to have an impact with conversion rates. You know, is it relevant? Does Amazon deem it as relevant? Are you even going to get the impressions for those keywords, right? Yep. You can move into all these other areas. So there's going to be times, especially in niche areas, right? Um, where you're going to hit the cap, you've hit the ceiling on what you can do. Now with display advertising, is constantly learning, right? So you've got Amazon's, a- a- Amazon's algorithm. It's, it's kind of its pro and its con in a way because its con is we have no control of what ads serve, but the pro is Amazon, you can optimize it for ROAS. So as the time goes on, Amazon's demand side platform will learn what time of day, what positions, uh, what ad creative, what promotion converts best, and it will serve those ads more. Now with display ads, you can work up the funnel. So once you've got retargeting working really well, brilliant. You can't really scale that. Then you can move on to the consideration stage, right? Who is there out there that is likely to need my product but doesn't even know it yet, right? And that's the amazing thing about it. You can target people before they even know they need your product. And 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 now you're talking about a massive C in terms yeah. of the audience, right? Yeah. So and, and, and you've got a little hint. So, for example, if someone's just bought um, – a, a trolley um, a baby, a pram, what do you call it in the US? A pram, a stroller, stroller, a stroller. Yeah. If someone just bought a stroller, they're likely to have a baby, right? If they're likely to have a baby, then they're probably going to need some diapers. Right. So you can start advertising diapers before they even know they need it. Right. And these are some, these are some of the ways you can think about Amazon's demand side platform. What is there? Someone buys, because we've got that information yep. uh, that makes them then eligible to potentially want your product. Yeah. Right. I love And that. you can optimize that. And then over time, amazon's the side platform will learn okay with this audience this is what works well then you can go into market basket analysis you can look at trends to find out okay what other um what other telltale points are there about my particular audience right are they those who earn between 50 to one hundred thousand a year are they are they mm. those who earn between 100 and a year then you could add additional layers to this to dsp right yep. making it far more efficient and still you know you're talking about not only on amazon with dsp as well you're talking about off amazon too yep. so you're, you're talking about taking advantage of outside traffic into your listing by creating these audiences and we know we all know how amazon reacts to outside traffic so it's going to work in your favor so with ppc you could you could spend you know tens of thousands uh, hundreds of thousands, even a million a a, a year, uh, a month, sorry. But with DSP, you could spend tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands a day if you you know you know you press the wrong button. That's <laughs> <laughs> sure. Waste a lot of money, yeah, so yeah, if you could do it well, lots are limitless. Yeah, yeah, and 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 it's, 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 Amazon have you have to just put yourself in amazon's shoes here. They understand and they know how much money they make of DSP. They know it's, it's growing at a crazy rate. So what they're thinking now is how can we make people spend more money? if they in- increase, improve attribution, in- improve reporting, improve targeting, then they're going to get more out of it. And I've seen this firsthand with, when you look at Google's display network, right? It's so much more sophisticated. Yeah. Right? Google's double click. You've got trade desk. They're very sophisticated pr- platforms. Amazon's this is platform is nowhere near that. And I want people to grasp the power that Amazon has that no one else has, which is the first party data. Right. Yeah. And the, the fact that they are not even on top of it all, <laughs> yeah. right? So there's so much more stuff to come. Um, and you get that as a seller, you get that in place. You get every part of the funnel refined, right? And you, you will have a few years head start on everyone else. And you've got a funnel. So you know, right, if you don't get that conversion in the first go, you know you're going to reach them later on with the remarket. So you've got a macro level understanding of your business mm-hmm. and you can see how each piece fits together, right and then one of the things that i uh, it's, it's, a, it's a shame we don't have it on amazon yet but we have it on google is we have linear attribution right we can see okay the the, the journey of that customer might have started with that campaign but then but then for that that particular campaign um, had an impact before they tr- made the transaction on the third campaign yeah right and when they introduced this on google ads right it made everything so different for us because we weren't chopping out campaigns that look like they weren't working because they had an impact and they had a part to play in the funnel. Amazon's going to get there? They're going to provide you the entire journey. And Amazon marketing cloud was already showing symptoms of this.
0: That's amazing. And I think as with everything, that first mover advantage on Amazon is going to pay dividends across the board. We all wish we could have got into Amazon back in 2010, 2015, right? I think the same could be said now of DSP. I think that it, it's true exactly what you talked about. Amazon is going to take a is just going to follow Google's playbook, right? Yeah. They've hired a lot of Google ex-Google employees on the advertising side and they're saying, "All right, what was working over here on your guys's ad platform that, you know, made it so valuable obviously for people to come advertise? What are what's the data that people are looking for?" Like you said, George Amazon's going to roll all of that out. So the earlier you get in there and you start setting those up, you're going to have years of, I guess, a head start compared to everybody else. So, George, let's now dive into some actual strategies. Um, Let's say somebody's just just starting with DSP. Where would you recommend they start? Let's assume they have – and I guess one thing that we should tell the audience is that DSP is only – The only way you get access to DSP is how, George?
1: Yeah. So there's two ways. You can go to Amazon directly. Uh, Amazon tends to approach uh, kind of mid, mid, mid mid-level seven-figure sellers or anyone eight figures up, and they propose, "Hey, why don't we manage DSP for you?" And that's the first option. Or you could go to an accredited um, Amazon DSP agency, one of which we are, um, and you can do it. Or there's a third way. You can go down the self-service option through. Uh, a company like kepler um but again that's you're not getting the expertise there but they're the three options that you have at the moment in terms of how to do it and probably now and it just goes to your point about you know then you wish you started amazon when it started off the barriers of entry are so high for this so not everyone is yeah is is is, is, is involved in this so you can imagine the cost per thousand impressions are way less than they're going to be in the future And I went to speak at an event in Manchester yesterday in the UK. I said, put your hand up. If you've heard of DSP, no hands. Mm. There's still so many people that don't even know it exists, let alone trying to use it.
0: Yeah, I love that. George, I think that is a golden nugget that I would definitely want our listeners to take away. We all complain about the increased CPC costs on sponsored ads on Amazon, right? The exact same thing is going to happen on DSP. DSP is never going to be cheaper than it is today. And this is where you could really leverage some advanced strategies to take your brand from seven to eight figures and beyond. So let's dive in, George, with some of those advanced strategies that you would recommend. What's the first strategy then, you know, because obviously you're going to build it on. It's not like you go to DSP and you just light it all up, because like you said, you could lose a bunch of money overnight. Uh So let's strategy number one and
1: walk us through that methodology. Yeah, yeah. So I think, I think the biggest – if you're going to take away anything from anything I said today, right, when you're implementing DSP strategy, uh, where you, whether you're working with Amazon or you're working with an agency or you're trying to do it yourself, is be data-driven. Do not do anything on assumptions. We have the data available to us. So if you're going to create in-market and lifestyle audiences – Don't just do it because you think they match up with your product, right? You can use something called an overlap report of DSP. You can create, you get your remarketing audiences and say to Amazon, okay, what audiences are there similar to this where there's a high level of overlap? Then Amazon will show you that data. They will show you, here's all of the available. We did this with one client. We managed to get a ROAS of eight, um, and this is across the board. This is for loyalty. This is for remarketing. This is from consideration. Right. And the average across the in, that, that industry was was four and we were getting eight. Wow. And we were scaling heavily. And this is just because we leveraged overlap reports. we got that information. We found out, OK, and it, sometimes it will show you the most obscure audiences, which don't make makes absolutely no sense. But it doesn't matter right? because it's data driven. That's where you get information from. So one, you can get the data from uh, your remarketing audiences Two. Market basket analysis is a brilliant place as well. There's so much useful information. So you can go into um, uh, in brand analytics, I mean, so you can go into market market basket analysis. You can get all the information about, okay, if someone's bought one of your items, I'm more likely to buy these other three of your items, right? You You can reverse that and create an audience for anyone who's purchased those particular items, and you can serve them your ad. Again, these work tremendously well on DSP. Right, you see some really good results. Now, another thing you can test out is if you've done ASIN targeting with PPC and you've seen really good results, right, there's a strong chance that the ASIN target, the Aces that you have are superior to your um, competitors. Right? You're probably w- really winning on price, got a better review score, or just stand out completely. Right? Leverage that take those ASINs that you got working through PPC, put that on DSP because you're not only now targeting them on the page where that product appears, you're targeting them after they've looked at that product and they've gone somewhere else. And mm-hmm. on top of that, you can exclude them who exclude those who've purchased that product. So they've looked Brilliant. at the product, you know, they're interested, they haven't purchased yet and they're looking around still. Yeah. Now these are, the, now that's the thing. So, so be more data driven is the key strategy that I would recommend when, when, uh, when, when, when doing DSP,
0: I love that. So the first step, I love that product targeting and the level, you know, the additional customizations that you're able to make on DSP is something that you're not going to get on sponsored display, right? Because you could pull up, you know, sponsored display ads for product targeting, right? Um, yeah. but you cannot remove, but don't send this ad if they've already bought this competitor's product, right? Um, yeah. so I see that as a huge advantage. George, let's walk through. So what would be step number 1 if you're signing up for DSP today? Would the first strategy be setting up retargeting? Is that the first strategy you would recommend? Okay, so the,
1: if we take a step before that, right? Find the right partner, please. Do not treat this like you're getting taken on a PPC account manager because the big difference here is when you're taking on a PC, PPC account manager, you can you can terminate their access. At any given point if you're not happy for whatever reason right and you can transfer that information to someone else when when you subscribe to dsp with any um, provider right your account lives in their seat Mm. if you decide at any given point to terminate your subscription with that seat you're going to have to start again in someone else's seat which means there will be no data transferred over from one to another right? You're going to be stuck with that. Now, if you've been running DSP for six, seven, eight months, nine months, 10 months, and, and you've seen some decent results, you have to, you have to remember it's, it's eight, nine, 10 months of Amazon learning what works well in your account, optimizing and getting good performance, right? Yep. So trying to transfer it over. It's going to have to learn all of that from scratch. On top of that, you're, you, you've been serving your ads for a while, and I've seen the bias in many platforms. This isn't just Amazon. If you're serving ads for a while, you're going to have benefits in terms of pricing. Mm. So if you chuck that off and you try and go somewhere else, you're just going to look like a brand new seller who's never spent anything on Amazon before. Mm. So you're not going to get those preferred rates. So first things first, really quiz the, the, the DSP agent you're going to work with. Find out, ask friends who, who you worked with. And the one thing that frustrates me more than anything else is when someone goes with a DSP provider because they're the cheapest, <laughs> Right. It's the stupidest thing you could do, because if you have a Ferrari or Rolls Royce, would you try and find the cheapest garage to take it to? You wouldn't. You'd want to find the best garage. So you looked after and with your business, you want to make sure you are going with an agency that's credible and can look after it. So we always we never rush anyone on DSP. We're like, just do your due diligence and make sure that's the first step. The second step. Well, George, let's so. Yeah, let's
0: pause there, because I think that would actually be very, very helpful for our listeners. What yeah. are some of the, what's a checklist that you should kind of go through and walk through to right. vet an agency that you're looking to have do DSP for you?
1: The first thing is don't go with Amazon, right? <laughs> well, I'm sure they won't mind me saying this, right? But well, actually they will, but I'm going to say anyway. Um, Amazon's core strategy is to get you to spend as much money as possible. That's their KPI because that's how they get promoted, right? So the way they treat your account is they go, hey, look at all these amazing impressions that you've got. Isn't that great? And as a seller, you're like, hold on, one sec. Pressures isn't really the key thing for us, right? We're, we're trying to get, we're trying to, we're trying to grow our business, not not just increase, increase our reach. So that's yep. the big thing that they go with. Especially with the slight uncertainty with attribution at the moment, it could look to to their favor, right? That's the first thing. Now, second, when you do go to an agency, the first step you should take is go onto Amazon's accredited partners page, right, and check out DSP providers. So Amazon DSP providers, just put stuff on Google, go onto Amazon's page, and there's a list of DSP providers, right? So what you tend to find, if you find any company, right, if, they're, if, they're, if they are a, a, an official partner with Amazon, they will tend to have uh, a partner badge somewhere which links straight to that page, which shows you, hey, they're an official partner. Now, if they're not an official partner, they might be piggybacking off someone else's seat, mm. Right. You don't want to get into that because if they're piggybacking off someone else's seat, right? And let's just say there's some internal issues and they get kicked out of that seat. They no longer have access to your account. Who do yep. you contact? Yep. Who, do, who do you reach? You don't know, right? So you want to make sure you've got someone who's got their own seat. That's the first thing. The second thing is I'm sure every seller that's listening to this, they're savvy. They, they have a pool, an audience of other savvy sellers. Speak to them. Find out who are they using that's doing DSP that's working really well. Right get their first 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 glance into, okay, what's your experience been like, um, and ensure that they're happy with whoever it is. So they are the steps that I would recommend taking when when trying to find um a, a DSP agent. I would even go as far as asking questions about business. What's the purpose of the business? What are you looking to do? How big is it? How long has it been going? Is, is, yeah. it, is it a brand new business that's been starting up for a bit and might not be there tomorrow Yeah is it is it one that's been there for a while? Uh, Is it, you know, you want to, you just want to really find out how many DSP um, um, agents do you have? How many of them are certified? Mm. How many have taken the exams? I would just do your due diligence, ask those questions before it's too late. And then before you're stuck with someone.
0: Yeah, I think that is foundation number one for sure. So I, I hope our listeners follow those best practices because it's true. You make this decision and it's not like you could just change course after six months or a year. Um, otherwise, you're just starting from ground zero all over yeah. again. All yeah. right. Now let's jump into these strategies. Let's say you have found the right agency to work with. What's the first strategy you should be implementing with DSP?
1: Yeah. So the first strategy is 100% remarketing. You want to, you want to, you want to, um, okay, no, no, just stop there actually. No, you want to find the best ASINs to target, right? Okay. So you want to target ASINs that are importantly retail ready, right? There, there needs to be a track record that they do well because with PPC, someone searched for your product to see it and they've clicked on your product. So they're showing high interest, right? Yep. So if they don't purchase going down this process, there's something wrong. Mm. There's a conversion issue here. So there might be some issues with your listing. There might be some issues with your pricing. There might be some issues with um, the reviews you've got. That needs to be sorted out first. So you need to very carefully choose the right products to promote. Once you've figured out which products you're going to promote, so you want to look at, okay, what's getting a good volume of sales? What's got a good amount of traffic? You want to have at least 5,000 impressions, no less, on a, on a given ASIN, because that shows a month, that is. that's 5, showing a you you that there's Yeah, that's showing you there's a pool of interested people who see your listing on a monthly basis. So that's already going to give you some, fa- so, 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 some kind of foundation work in terms of, okay, here's some easy money we can pick up. Okay. As a, a start. So you want so to start a remark.
0: Yeah, so let's, let's break that down, right? Because I think this is super important. DSP is not your strategy to just increase sales for something that is not performing very well. I think what you're saying here, strategy number one is look at your data. You need products that are generating at least 5,000 impressions per month, okay? And then, if I heard you correctly, George, You want to make sure that your conversion rate is at least on par with that product category average, if not better. That's when that that's like your first criteria, just as important as it is picking a DSP agency, picking the right products from your product group or from your portfolio is just as important. Correct
1: yeah and you can, t- you can you can cross-reference this through brand metrics on ppc so you can find out okay what's your what's your conversion rate for the product and what is it and what's the, what is it what's the category average now no. if you're a, a, a lot lower than a category average then there's an issue there so you need to kind of go there spend the money and time fixing that and then look into uh dsp sorry there's just so much to do before you you even go into dsp right so once you've done that, then once you've found a win in ASINs, once you've found a good few win in ASINs, what you want to do is you want to remarket. You want to target those who have viewed the product and those who haven't purchased, right? And you want to target those who haven't purchased your product and those who haven't purchased other people's products. So, you'll turn on,
0: so you're turning on two different types of retargeting. You're turning on retargeting for your own ASINs, and then you're retargeting your competitors' ASINs that have not yet bought, Correct.
1: No, no, no. So so you're creating two audiences. So you've okay. got an audience of those who have viewed your product, but you've also got a new audience of those who have, um, who, who have purchased your product and purchased uh, any one of your competitors' products. Okay. Then within that campaign, you just tell Amazon, Hey, I want to target these people, but I want to make sure I exclude this audience. Uh, right? okay. And when you do that, it makes sure that your ads appear. Okay. That, right, that, right.
0: Makes that makes sense. That makes sense. What would be strategy number 2? Let's say you got that retargeting set up working properly. What do
1: you then add to the go up the funnel from there? I think it's cross-sell. The cross-sell so like, go into brand metric and back, brand me- metric and in, uh, no, brand analytics, sorry. Then go to, into market basket analysis. Take all the ASINs there. That's data already given to us by Amazon. They perform incredibly well. So mm. they, this used to be at the bottom of our build sheet, but consistently the results have been so good. We put it higher up in the SOP. So this is something you build straight after remarketing. And um, they tend to do well. They tend to have a higher audience, especially new to brand sales as well. So um, um, so go down that route, build there. Now, once you've built this out, go back to your remarketing audience, put that through overlap reports and find other audiences that you can build that have an infinity score of over five. Now, overlap reports is, is only available on, um, Overlap reports is only available on DSP right now, but I can see this coming into display ads. So look, have a look out for that. When it does come through, it's a really powerful tool you can use. And I just want to mention, Josh, as well, I only found this out at the Prosper Show in Vegas this um, uh, uh, this year, but um, apparently there's rumors about the roadmap of display ads basically being able to do everything you can do on DSP. So Amazon is trying to, trying to get it into that place. Now, the question is, you can wait for that, but that could be a year, two years down the line. Do you yep. really want to wait that long and like leave everything on the table here? And that's just, something for you to decide, but I just wanted to also throw that in there. So that's the second thing. So you build, build out the cross, um, uh, cross sell campaigns where you're targeting ASINs from the market basket analysis. So you can target everyone who's purchased those particular ASINs, right? As one audience. And you can also target those who have viewed those particular ASINs. That's likely okay. to see sl- uh, less conversions, but a high reach. Yeah. Right? Now that's, that's, that's what you do. And then what you want to then do is you want to then create bespoke ACE and target, um, ACE, uh, c- uh, campaigns. So you want to look at the ACEs that you're targeting of your competitors on PPC that you're doing right now, okay. and you want to readvertise advertise those who are performing well within display ads. So, and then you can go really refined. So we had one, one company that sold stools and we would go as far as, okay, find every yellow stool that's been sold on Amazon and re advertise your, our yellow stool find every red store that's been advertised on Amazon and target our red store. So mm-hmm. we find we're really pushing the exact product or the exact size people are looking looking for. So that's what you would do with regular products. Now, if you have a subscribe and save type of product, then um, what you want to do is you want to target everyone who has purchased your ASIN, you want to target everyone who uh, so you want to create a few audiences here. So this is slightly more complicated. So you want to target anyone who has purchased your ASIN in the last year, you want to exclude anyone who has purchased your ASIN in the last, let's say, 60 days. Mm. So they've purchased in the past, but they haven't purchased right recently. And now you can also exclude anyone who is in your, in your subscriber save model. So you're excluding anyone who hasn't subscribed, they have purchased your product, and they might be likely to purchase again, but it's just been some time. Yeah. They tend to convert very well. Now, you can add additional info. Feature here, you can go into a tool like Nozzle, right? And Nozzle will tell you the average window of when someone tends to purchase your product again, mm. and this varies. Very so again, it's being very heavy data, uh, data driven, and you can find that exact information. So it could be 52 days, it could be 15 days, it could be 30 days. And if you're selling supplements, if you're selling a 30-day supplement range, you want to target those who purchased 20 days ago because they're probably going to want to top up soon. It's a little gentle reminder. To tell them to do that, so you they tend to do really well with subscribe and save products. Now you can take it a step further, and you can target everyone who's purchased any of your competitors' asins mm. of the same supplement sixty days ago or thirty yep. days ago, and they're probably going to need to top up again. So they're likely that you know that they are into the product, they they, they and they 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 want to buy vitamin vitamin C, vitamin D, yep. uh, turmeric supplements, right? And you can advertise in your products. So it doesn't get more tailored and relevant than that. So uh, supplement brands do true. If you're a supplement brand and you're doing two over 2 million a year, you need to get on DSP. It it is a, it is a no brainer. That is,
0: those are some wicked smart strategies. And I think you can see the power of using all of that data to laser target and serve up your ad to the right person at the exact right time. I mean, that's the power of what DSP allows us to do. George, I know we're kind of running out of time here because we've got so much that we could dive into here. So I want to make sure that we provide the the best value here. What I would love to do is do you have any case studies that you could share with some simple tactics that or strategies that some of the brands that have worked with you have implemented and what results have they seen to help grow their brand?
1: Yeah, so we had one brand. They were doing about four to five million a month when they came on board of us. Uh, five hundred different products, um, and we literally just leveraged remarketing with those products. Like literally creating custom remarketing campaigns for every single one of their asins. Um, with that, uh, we were able to get uh, four point six million in revenue over a year and a half with a rise of 15%, uh, fifteen. Wow, um, um, for that for for that particular asin, and that was just solely remarketing. Um, so that that, that 's one case study uh, and, 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 and these case studies are all on our website so uh, it's has it's, it's been completely transparent Some of them you know they 've even been happy to share the brand as well so um, there 's one where we were able to increase traffic and generate sixty four thousand uh, uh, in, in, in sales within one month and this was again leveraging um, overlap reports, making sure that we um, found audiences that are relevant to, to to what we can see through the remarketing audiences we 've got. Um, and that, and that again, uh, uh, did really well for us. That's another case study. Um, we got we got one particular brand right now. They're incredibly aggressive. Um, they've gone from not spending much to I think they spend around two hundred thousand dollars a month on DSP. Um, and we're const- we're now really pushing consideration stage. We're really getting into some some detail with layering, mm-hmm. uh, finding out as much information about the uh, consumer and adding additional layers. To kind of refine the audience we're appearing to, and we're just not running out of traffic, uh, 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 traffic. So we're just constantly increasing budgets, and that. I
0: love that. Those are some great strategies, and sounds like for every single brand, it's a little bit different, right? The approach is going to be a little bit different, and I think that's the importance of finding the right agency that you could work with to leverage some of these things. um George, yeah. is there anything that you think we should share with the audience to kind of tie all of this up as it relates to DSP and the strategies that you could implement to grow your brand?
1: Um, I I'll, I'll, I'll say uh, if, if, you, if, you're, if you're thinking about doing Amazon DSP, if you're considering it, or it's your first time you heard about it, talk to the community, try and understand it. Please do not be put off about attribution. Um, attribution is an issue, but I'm telling you now from my experience, we're working with a whole load of brands right now, and they're absolutely killing it on DSP. And we're watching their business reports and overall sales, and we're seeing parallel increases when we're scaling ad spend and and we're, and seeing sales. So please don't be put off by that. Um, um, give it a try um, if you haven't done so already. And yeah, speak to some experts about it. Awesome,
0: I love that. Well, George, as we wrap up this episode, I love to leave the audience with three actionable takeaways from every episode. Here are the three strategies and tactics that I would recommend our listeners take advantage of. But, George, let me know if you think I'm missing something. Number one is if you're not currently utilizing DSP, start learning more about it. I would probably start there, right? But if you're already familiar with DSP, then the number one action item that you need to do is you need to go vet the agency that you're going to work with Um, because, yeah, your three options are either go have Amazon manage your DSP ads, which how fun does that sound? Or two, work with a certified partner that actually knows and cares about your business, right? And then third, there's a do-it-yourself solution, which I think would be a little bit more challenging um, uh, than people are looking for right now. But those are your three options. So number one, vet the agency before you you know sign up to work with them, because it's almost like a marriage. Like this is something that, You're signing up for the long haul, and it's not going to be easy to unravel this if that's something you decide this isn't the agency you're going to work with. Action item number two is if you already are working with an agency or you just started, then the first action item that you need to do is get really detailed with your data. Okay, You need to understand which products DSP is going to work for because DSP is not going to work for those products that have a low number of impressions per month. They're not really going to work as well. um, If you don't have an, I don't know, would you say a higher average order value, George? Like if you have products in the 10, $12 range, is DSP really the right fit for them?
1: It depends. If it's a high impulse product and there's there's a good volume going through it, then we have seen it work at times. Okay,
0: but most importantly, I think it comes back to that data. Do you have enough impressions coming through? The higher, the better. And then secondly, is your conversion rate above the market average, right? Those are your kind of two pre-qualifiers to say, yeah, if I turn on DSP, this is just pouring gasoline on top of the fire. The last strategy is if you've already got your retargeting set up, right, and you already know your products that could benefit from pouring gasoline on the fire, then keep moving up the funnel, but do it methodically. And I think that's the most important takeaway from DSP in this conversation today is this isn't just light everything up at once. This is start with retargeting, see what's working, see what, ad, see which ASINs are performing really well, then layer it up, keep moving up the funnel and press the rewind button because George walked us through some four different actionable strategies that you could implement to keep moving up the funnel, targeting your competitors ASINs. For people that haven't actually bought those or purchasing, you know, or advertising cross selling related products right from your market basket analysis. See what type of products people are buying alongside together and then serve those up with people that have recently purchased those products like that's the power of DSP. So those are my three takeaways, George. Is there anything else that you would add to summarize this all up?
1: No, you've done so well, mate. Perfect Summa- uh, summary summary. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, you're the DSP expert, so your stamp of approval means a lot. All <laughs> right, George. So let's dive into the final three questions that I like to ask every guest. Question number one is, what is the most influential book that you've read and why? Uh,
1: I think the most influential book I read is The Culture Code. Um, so it's about bringing together how, how to get a group to work really well together by a chap called Daniel Coyle. Um That has helped me build a team especially when I didn't know what I was doing. So help me build a team, being open to getting other people's opinions and trying to create a culture where it's safe and people can share their ideas um, and trying to build from the bottom up. So any advice or suggestions given by those in the front line, managing the accounts, being open to take on whatever they say, rather than trying to take a top-down approach where you're telling everyone what to do. That, that's been yeah, game-changing.
0: But that's amazing. I have not heard of that book, and uh, that sounds like an amazing book to to help somebody that's trying to build a team. And obviously, culture yeah. is such an important aspect um, when you are trying to build a team. You want to create that sticky situation where they enjoy working with you. Let's go to question number two here. What is a new maybe software or productivity tool that you've recently discovered uh, that you think is going to be a game changer?
1: Yeah, So I think. um the the biggest and this is not at all but one of the biggest things in our company that that we've implemented in terms of, for productivity that's worked really well is introducing one-to-one meetings of every single person in the team and it's from my business coach it's kind of it's called line meetings so you look at um what's been done last week you look at any issues in the business any opportunities in the business and you look at next week and you go through that with the team every week and you get their opinions okay what what issues do you see in the business? What issues do you see in accounts? And then getting them to be proactive, saying, "Well, what are you going to do to sort that out?" Getting them to write that down under next week, um and then reviewing it every week. What was it that you saw that in terms of issues? What was it you saw in terms of opportunities, and what have you done about it? So that's seeing productivity from everyone. So there's consistently new structures and systems being put in place in the business that I don't even know about, right? Because they've got other people doing the line meetings with those. Uh, with other people. so and, and, and before it even gets to me, that issue has already been resolved. That, that opportunity has already been taken advantage of. Yeah. So taking that approach has helped have more eyes on the business from every angle. And it's trained those who uh, I've just started or have been there for a little while, but I don't tend to speak to as much to take a kind of a business owner's kind of point of framework and, uh, and, and see it from our lens and try kind of look out. You know, if there's anything that's that's coming out or they've read an article that's interesting or new developments is shared, as I think it's done about it.
0: I, I love that. And I'll just echo exactly what you just talked about there, George, and I'll add kind of the twist in what we do in our business. We have regular one-on-one meetings with each of our team members. Every single team member has a one-on-one meeting, whether it's with me or whether it's with their direct supervisor or manager. And it is so, so important. It allows you to coordinate what happened last week and what are you committing to accomplishing this week? And yeah. in addition to that, it's addressing what issues do you see? What problems are you having? One thing that we have asked each of our team members to do that has been very powerful. So we call it our one, three, one, one method. State the one problem, then come to that meeting, not just saying, Hey, I found a problem, present us with three solutions to that problem. Then from those three solutions, provide us one recommendation as to how you think we could or which of those three solutions do you feel like would would be the best solution for us to follow and why. And then lastly, tell us how do we prevent from running into this issue again in the future? So that has been super powerful. And again, it enables team members to feel like they can make decisions. And as a manager, it allows you to see their decision-making skills when they recommend which solution they would choose. So I love that, George. Thank Last you. question here. Who is somebody that you admire or respect the most in the e-commerce space uh, that you would recommend other sellers should be following and why?
1: Um, and this is going to be a very obvious one. And most people in the e-commerce space are probably following this guy, but it's Gary v. Um, I think um, from the get-go, um, I was following his content and it's always inspired me to, to just keep working, have a good work ethic, and, and, and also have an abundance mentality, and being ha- happy and willing to just share. Um, and good, good will always come from when you share, um, and that you're never, too, you're never too old. So, like, um, there's time. There's no need to rush. Slow growth is okay. Um, so there's a few things that kind of, kind of were instilled in me by, by him.
0: Yeah. Yep, he, he is a gr- he shares a lot of great business insight. So completely yep. agree. Now, George, this has been a fantastic episode. You have dropped a lot of knowledge. I think people are going to need to push the rewind button, slow down, and it, take a lot of notes here. Uh, but George, where could people reach out to you so that they could tap into your network if they see, hey, George has got some wicked smart strategies. I would love for him just to take over all of my DSP and start implementing everything that he talked about today. Where should people find you
1: yeah so uh so uh, I'm the founder of Clear ads, so if you were to search clear ads on Google or if you go to clear so c l e a r a d s dot code at u k um we go on our website, fill in the form they tend to all go past me it will tend tend to be George roberts who um will pick up those the, the, those those inquiries, but if there's anything that like, kind of anyone wants to speak to me about something i, I I'm more than happy to just jump on the call and talk about it too so that's the best way. Um, George Mores is my name. You can find me on Facebook as well and add me as a friend.
0: Awesome. I love that. And George, I believe you have a special offer for our listeners. You had mentioned that for a limited time, you're going to waive your $500 setup fee and reduce your management fee for ten by 10% for the first three months. Um, what do people need to do yeah. in order to kind of claim that offer?
1: Yeah. Oh, just come and get an audit from us so we can go into your account we can tell you okay one are you ready for dsp is it going to be a good place for you to start with and 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 and, and two you know do you have ppc in place so dsp is 50 percent of our business PPC is the other 50 percent of our business so we know ppc very well too i just don't talk about it as much because i still think not enough people know about dsp so we can look at the structure of ppc and Figure out, okay, what, what needs to be done there in order to move on to DSP if that's not been the case just yet. And then, and if you do that, then automatically you will opt in for the offer as long as you just say, Hey, um, heard about this from um, uh, Josh's podcast. Um, somewhere in the message will automatically put you into that
0: awesome offer. Well, George, that's, that's a generous offer. So thanks for sharing that with our audience. No and thank awesome. you for the wisdom that you shared today, George, and thanks for joining us.
1: No worries. Thank you for having me, George.
0: Thank you for listening. Visit ecombreakthrough.com for more information. If you've enjoyed today's episode, the best way you can show your appreciation is by clicking the subscribe button and quickly leaving a review. See you again next time.